You can kick your fancy ales, you can take them by the flagon, but the only food for the draven too come from the green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Scenario Spotlight Amon Hen Special. Not really a special, but we'll call that that anyway to keep excitement. I'm Jeremy, with me is David. Greetings. And Kylie. Ah, ah. And we are going through <laughs> three scenarios from the end of the Fellowship of the Ring journey book that was published in, say, about 2005, I think. I'll check that up in just a moment. But this is a scenario book that was... Really one of the, the more fantastic books that they've gone under, and I'm definitely going to go over it. It was definitely 2005 with the redo of the edition. So that when the, the so-called One Ring edition came out, they released the Fellowship of the Ring book and had 18 scenarios. We're going to cover the last three. So they're called Aragorn Stand, they're called Boromir's Redemption, and finally the Breaking of the Fellowship. So without further ado, here is Scenario Spotlight, Amon Hen. It is on the slopes of Amon Hen that disaster overtakes the Fellowship. It is late afternoon when the travellers halt, resting upon the shore with the intention of crossing the river at night and working their way down through the Emon Wheel. Unfortunately, two calamities before the small company in quick succession. Boromir, his mind broken by the terrible influence of the ring, has tried to seize it from Frodo. Though his madness was fleeting, it was enough to convince Frodo that he must flee from his companions and make his own way to Mordor. Even as this happens, Saruman's Urukai, led by Lurtz, have found the Fellowship and are preparing to ambush their prey. It is as Frodo says farewell to Aragorn atop Amon Hen that the Urukai launch their attack. Forewarned by Sting, Aragorn sends Frodo away and prepares to meet the Urukai, though he is outnumbered many times over. All he can do is hope to endure until help arrives, but with his companions scattered across the hilltop, the outlook seems bleak. Can the son of Arathorn buy time for Frodo to escape and continue his quest? Or has the Fellowship failed in its goal? So there's our introduction for this scenario. So this is the first one where basically we start our action on the seeing seat. Who are our participants, Kylie? We have on the good side Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli, and also Frodo Baggins. So four good models in total, all from a generic Fellowship set? Yeah. What kind of war gear would you give them at this point in time? Um, I would probably give all of them elven cloaks because they had just left Lothlorien. David, do you agree? Elven cloaks make sense, yes. Yep. What about the sword for Aragorn? De- mm, depends. He probably could. It wouldn't make much difference to the scenario, I don't think. But he Book version, he gets a sword. Yeah. Movie version, he doesn't. So you just choose book or movie. And I'd also give Aragorn his bow because he had it at that point in their travels. Book version wouldn't get a bow. Yeah, so I would say big sword, no bow. No sword, bow. I'd be happy with that. Yep. Oh, and obviously Frodo has Sting and the Mithril coat. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. On the evil side, there's Lurtz, one Urukai captain, six Urukai scouts with orc bows, and 12 Urukai scouts with shields. The orc Urukai captain, I think you could make a, a choice of whether you want the shield or the bow on him. I think either's fine. I don't think it really matters either way. These was written before we had the plastics, so they're designed around the old blister packs, which it's actually good because they, they're a decent number. You've got four blister packs of the shield ones, two blister packs of the bows, and then some captains. But now with a plastic box set, it just makes that super easy. You can either put some extra shields on some of your ones without shields or just leave them without shields. It doesn't really matter in this scenario. Not overly, no. So for the layout, it is a four-foot by two-foot Board, a long skinny one, 
Down one end of the board is Aemon Hen, and the rest of the board is heavily forested. So the layout of the board is... I really like these small boards where you get a key feature on one end. So you've got the Aemon Hen seeing seat. You've got to make that. It's got it on top of a hill, but I find the hill's not really necessary. You don't really need to block line aside at this point. It can make your models fall over. It is really important to have some trees, rocks, and things that slow the models down. So you have your pathway through that. Of late, I've been playing it on part of my Rohan new board, modular board, and it looks fantastic with the big trees and the old Aemon Hen seeing seat. So the board, 2x4 board, really impressive. Give me some objectives, David. Okay, some objectives. If the ring is taken, the destiny of the world will be forever changed. If Aragon is slain, there can be little hope for Frodo's escape. So, the good side wins if Frodo escapes from the board via south table edge, while Aragon is still alive. Evil player needs to kill either of them. So kill Frodo or Aragorn. Sounds good to me so far. Okay, our special rules are... To the rescue. Legolas and Gimli are hurrying to Aragorn's side. Uh, at the end of each good move phase, after the third, you roll a dice. Add the turn number to the dice rolled. Ten or greater, Legolas and Gimli arrive. So what this means is you keep track of turns. You could actually start rolling whenever you felt like it. You don't have to worry about at that. But you have to get a total of ten so there's, if you roll on the third turn, the maximum you can get is a nine. So it's very easy to remember it. Keep track of turns until Legolas and Gimli come on. Then keep track of them afterwards, and you'll find out why a bit later. Next special rule, fighting Yurikai. The hordes of the Yurikai are swarming across the hill, um, searching for hobbits. At the end of each moval phase, the evil player may move any Yurikai, not including heroes that have been previously slain, back onto the board on the roll of a four plus. Board edge chosen by the player with priority and cannot charge to turn they arrive. You just skipped through my favourite part of it really quickly. I'm going to say that again. The person with priority chooses which board edge. Now, it's a 2 by 4 board. You've got four board edges. They don't choose the point. But basically what happens is if the good side gets priority, the Urukai end up coming from the seeing seat. So they end up running and they have a long way to travel. If the evil side wins, they basically come and attack the good player immediately. So priority is incredibly important in the scenario. Agreed. Just recently, I've played through this scenario. I actually tried it out with the new rules, and my recommendation is you need to change a lot to do that, and I haven't actually made the changes. The main reason is Frodo in this scenario functions mostly as a turn counter. The game ends when he gets off the board. He has the ring, so he's probably going to fail his ring test once during the game, but he can always keep moving. The new Frodo with the ring cannot keep moving. He doesn't get to keep moving. He stops Urukai can charge him. A lot of them will fail, but they will get him. They'll slow him down, and eventually they'll beat, beat him up. And then you'd have to hope you get Legolas and Gimli on relatively early and can fight your way through. It's not particularly satisfying, so I think you must use the old ring rules in this scenario. I think the other rules are a bit optional. You could use other things. I wouldn't use the marches. I think with Aragorn, that makes it too easy for the good side and screws up the, the amount of turns it takes. But I would use most of the other rules. I actually prefer the old rules for this. I don't I don't usually bother with the, the special feints and all that sort of stuff. I think the big thing here is the fact that the old ring rules, ring rules allowed Frodo to move through models. So you can't you can't box Frodo out. You can't prevent him from trying to move. He, Frodo will always have a way of trying to move forward. Whereas under the new ring rules, you can push Frodo back towards the other edge of the board. Which is pretty well the opposite. Yeah. 
Yep. So we recommend if you're going to try this, pick up the old rules and you should be able to pick them up if you can't. So that's that's my recommendation for this one. I The scenarios I've played just recently, we'll talk about some of the playthroughs of this. I really do like this scenario. I find that the good side wins probably more often than they don't, I, but it's a matter of time that it takes. And the Urukai can occasionally get a good win or kill one of the heroes, which is just as fun. Yeah, I quite like this one with the good side in particular because it gives you a real sort of protect Frodo, but you need to keep moving. So trying to get a, a critical heroic combat off to push Frodo forward even faster and trying to use Aragorn to box out the Urukai is always a little fun one to get. And I've played this scenario multiple times with multiple different people. It's always always been interesting to see how they move their, their troops forward. I think this is one that I've played under various editions of the scenario. I've actually lost, lost track of which ones I have played and which ones I haven't, but from memory, it's a decent Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli doing what they do and trying to get Frodo to safety. Yeah, if you use new rules, also watch out for the strikes because it means the Urukai have a real weapon to kill Aragorn off, so Aragorn has to use his might in a different way, and it tends to he tends to be a bit more conservative and a bit more aggressive about killing those heroes at the same time. I really like... I've been using this to show off to, to a new group of players because it does tell the story of Lord of the Rings. To me, it is Lord of the Rings. The scenario looks like it. You've got Frodo running ahead. You've got Aragorn chasing after him. You've got Gimli and Legolas running in. And then just an endless supply of Urukai. So you could sit there and kill them. And these heroes could kill them forever. Like there's so many they could kill, but eventually they'll get worn down. So at some point, they have to go for the objective and they've got a turn limit to do it, and it helps you to get it off quicker. So it's one that I find new players can pick up really easily. It's a great way to teach the might because you've got things like Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and Frodo who all have might but all have different uses for it. Aragorn calls the heroic moves all the time. Frodo uses his to help boost his role for the ring. Legolas and Gimli essentially use theirs for killing and for, once again, maybe some heroic moves to go assassinate a hero or two. Yeah, I agree. All the heroes in this scenario use it just a little bit differently. The Urukai wanting to use theirs really offensively to try to bring down a hero when possible. And yeah, I find the good side a bit more defensive with theirs, but it's always nice to see how people choose to use their might in this particular scenario. Yeah, there's lots of choices for it, which is always a good thing. The sword, the difference between the sword or no sword, I don't think makes a huge difference because Aragorn can kill Urukai, but they come back on. So whether you're killing them fast can actually be a disadvantage because they come on in the bad spot. So sometimes as a good player, you don't want to be killing them that quickly. And if you're in combat, the bow is much of a muchness anyway. So You, you won't get to use the bow. It's <laughs> for decoration. Even as Aragorn struggles with dozens of Yurikai at the top of Amon Hen, Yet more of the foul creatures stream through the trees and undergrowth of the lower slopes. Shielded by the enchantment of his elven cloak for much of his scrabble down the hill, Frodo threads his way past the searching Urukai, making for the boats moored far below. Careful as he is, the Urukai are too many to be avoided indefinitely, and only a chance distraction by Merry and Pippin saves him. Unable to tell one hobbit from another, the Urukai begin to chase Merry and Pippin, thinking one of them to be Frodo. As the two hobbits flee, their pursuers, their fate seems certain. They cannot stand and fight against several dozen Yurikai. Yet just as the lead Yuriks are upon them, Boromir comes to their rescue. Stricken and haunted by the memory of his recent betrayal, the son of Denethor resolves to fight to the last man, 
in Marion Pippin's defence, no matter the cost to himself. Within seconds, Boromir is in the fight of his life, and only his skill and tenacity can save the hobbits now. Scenario number two is called Boromir's Redemption, and it is time for Boromir to redeem himself. This one's all about showing off what kind of fighter a Boromir is, while you get to use the fantastic Urukai carrying Merry and Pippin models, because the Urukai's aim is going to be to take Merry and Pippin off a board edge. This one, the participants for the good side are totally different. You've got Boromir of Gondor, you've got Merry Adok Brandybuck, and you've got Peregrine Took. Once again, I recommend using Elven Cloaks for all of them. I know that they've got the picture of the Boromir model without the Elven Cloak, but from a story point of view, from a game point of view, mm-hmm. take the Elven Cloak. And it, it mentioned Elven Cloaks in the intro. Yeah, absolutely. I know that people have played without it. You, you really do want it. You don't want to be assassinated early on because Boromir does not like firepower. So if they give the Urukai some long-range firepower, Boromir can potentially go down. For the evil side, you've got one Urukai captain. So you've taken away Lurts. You've just got your Urukai captain. And you've got the same troops, 12 Urukai scouts with shield, six with bows, which is what I really love about these scenarios is that you're carrying on the participants. So for this one, you've had to paint a total of three new models. I'm actually going to say it's a total of five new models because I think you should paint the Urukai carrying Mary and Pippin in this scenario because this is a fantastic use for them. So the layout, Kylie. So the board is played on a four foot by four foot board. It's pretty heavily wooded because it is the forest around Amon Hen. So you want to make sure that you keep the layout nice and thick with lots of trees and rocky outcrops. And I've got a recommendation. I believe the more woods is better in this one. The pitcher's got them with a few woods. I would actually probably double that amount of woods on the board and make sure they're a substantial size so they actually provide some difficult terrain because I've had some recently some better games of that. Yeah, I agree entirely. The more terrain you have, the better chance you'll have for Boromir and the Hobbits because it's very much up against them in this scenario. So what are the objectives? What do we have to do as Boromir? What do we have to do as the Urukai? So the good player wins if the evil player does not achieve his objectives. The evil player needs to capture Merry and Pippin and escape with both the Hobbits off a table edge. Yep, so just get the two Hobbits and run off the edge. You don't have to kill Boromir. So you just have to get the two hobbits. You don't even have to kill the hobbits, of course, but we'll talk about that in the special rules. Which brings us to the special rules. First special rule, random game length. How long Boromir was able to hold out before help arrived depends greatly on the events further up the hill. If the role for priority is drawn from turn 11 onwards, the game ends instantly. Unless, of course, you played the previous scenario. In which case, measure how long the previous scenario took that's how long this game goes for. So, as a general rule, the quickest you can beat that last scenario is about 11 turns. You, you, you measure it. If Frodo gets a clear run, he gets in 11 turns because of all the movement he has to do. So, that's if you to play it without marches, which I hope you do. So, the 11 turns, you could end this game in 11 turns. I actually played one just recently where Frodo in the first scenario got off in 11 turns. And that meant knowing that you only had to last 11 turns means it was a little bit tougher than Urukai. But once you get over about, well, let's say, 15 turns, it becomes incredibly difficult for the good side. So you want to keep it as short as possible if you're the good models. So if you fail a few ring checks or if you have to zigzag around some terrain or... Yeah, get off quickly because you will need those turns in this scenario. Okay, second rule. Find the halflings! With some nice exclamation marks. The Urukai have one mission in mind. Find the halfling bearing the one ring and bring him back to Saruman. 
No Evil model may shoot at the Hobbits, though you can strike them in combat as normally. And the Yurikai aren't allowed to kill them, so we just assume they're knocked unconscious. Place the model on its side, and it can then be picked up and carried, similar to a light item. Now, this one I find interesting because it gives you a choice of when you use your fate. Because if the Yurikai do multiple wounds to you, don't use your fate. Because what's the point? You're going to fail anyway. So you can hold off and choose not to use your fate. And I've had times when an Urukai has been knocked unconscious and then been immediately resuscitated because when you charge a guy carrying a hobbit, he drops it. Mm-hmm. And the hobbit appears again and becomes alive again. And then later on, one Urukai attacks him and then the fate comes in. So you can do some tricky stuff. As the Urukai player, get the hobbits away from Boromir and the other hobbits as quickly as possible. Split them up. Don't stay within four inches or six inches of each other because the hobbits will jump off and then go and save their friend. Spread out, cover more ground. Reviving Hobbits is covered under the main rules manual back when this one was published. So this scenario, I think Kylie and I have played this quite a few times. It took us a long time to work out... Well, I only think I've just recently worked out how to beat it with the good side. And the main problem we had was we always were trying to break the Urukai. Yeah. And that just... It doesn't happen. Boromir does not have the, the hitting power to break the Urukai. No, he doesn't. And there's a tricky thing in this scenario because if you try and consistently keep running away from the Urukai and try to, like, kite them, I guess, they'll eventually catch you because the hobbits are four inches. But the quickest and most effective way to kite them is to run toward the table edge, which you don't want to do because if you get towards the table edge, the Urukai can then easily pick up the hobbits and run off the table, completing their objective. So you kind of want to hang around the center of the board because that's where it's the most advantageous for the good player so you don't you know, run into that problem of the Urukai, knock a hobbit out and then run off without you being able to stop them. I think a lot of things you want to do is is find some woods where you've got a cluster of them and then basically run in circles through those woods. So try and try and stay in the move where you can, but don't move too far from the centre of the board because you can recover, especially if Boromir calls a special heroic combat or something. You can save a hobbit if he gets captured. But you've got to save them quickly because they can actually be passed. So you, what you get is the Urukai making this essentially a chain gang where one grabs the the Hobbit and then at the start of their turn, they're carrying a Hobbit, they move, they go and handball it off to another Urukai who keeps moving with it. So you get this potentially 12-inch move a turn with a Hobbit and there's no way Boromir or the Hobbits can keep up with that. So you've got to grab them as soon as they pick up the Hobbits and, and knock them down again. So you get some really tricky moves. Your Boromir's got a lot of might, and that's used a lot for heroic moves because heroic moves will just win you this scenario if you do manage to win it. It's still very tough for the good player. But I think that's right. You, you want the story to be that the, the Hobbits get captured most of the time. Yep, I agree. I think this is, again, one that I played under a different iteration, and it had the long, thin board with Boromir jogging down along. But it's the same. It's... Yurikai are coming to take the hobbits to Isengard. Boromir is there to stop them. It shows you how well you can use Boromir. You also need to remember his horn too. Never forget to blow the horn if you're in, multi- in a combat with multiple Urukai. And as the Urukai player, decide if you actually really want to throw two Urukai in it. If you don't need to kill him and you just want to have a goal winning the combat, it's often better to just throw one in and shield because mm. that gives you a better chance of winning most of the time than throwing a couple in and... And failing a courage test. However, if you are going to do that, be careful and make sure you plan ahead because if Boromir is fighting one Urukai, he can quite easily call a heroic combat and reposition. And sometimes that might be a tactic in order to, to drag that might out of him to try and force him to do that with a shielding Urukai and hope that he has to spend one more point of might than he wants to. Mm. So make sure you're calculated with that. 
yeah, lots of calculations. If you want to work out the maths behind all the winning combats, listen to the Orc episode because we talked about that quite a bit. The Fellowship is now all but scattered. Frodo and Sam have taken one of the boats and continued on their quest. Merry and Pippin have been seized by Urukai and even now are carried back to Isengard to face torture and death at the hands of Saruman's followers. Boromir, wounded by arrow and blade, is bleeding his life away into the dark soil of Amonhen, surrounded by those he has slain. Each time he winded the Horn of Gondor, it was not help that arrived, but more Urukai hungry for blood. Though death reaches out to claim this mighty warrior, he still fights on in defiance of those who would take his life, yet he cannot endure for much longer. When his strength fails for the last time, the Urukai will fall upon him with renewed fury and scatter the pieces of his despoiled corpse across the hilltop. Boromir's only hope lies in the arrival of his remaining companions, Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli. Fortunately, these last three have finally managed to fight their way to the son of Gondor's side, but are they in time to save him? Find out on the next exciting episode. So this is scenario number three, which of course is called The Breaking of the Fellowship, named directly after a chapter in the book. This was in the Two Towers or the Fellowship book? Uh, fellowship. fellowship book two. Okay, so mm. Boromir died in the Two Towers book, didn't he? Yes. Yep. And But this is the end of the Fellowship book. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. So as Jeremy said, the participants on the good side are Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and Boromir, all have elven clerics. You can give the pointy sword of doom to Aragorn if you wish. On the evil side, there's Alerts, an Urukai captain, six Urukai scouts with bow, and six Urukai scouts with shield. So the evil side's the same as it was for the first scenario. Yeah. And the good side, you've used the models you've already got, so you've picked up the ones. I actually would recommend for this one using the Boromir with the arrows in him because that's from the old Breaking of the Fellowship box. That's a fantastic model. Mm-hmm. Yep, so the layout is a 4x4 four four board, once again, heavily wooded with lots of rocky outcrops and stuff on there. Lots of terrain makes a good game. The starting positions are quite interesting, I find, in particular for this one, because Boromir starts on one side of the board and the three hunters start on the other. So basically what happens is Boromir is on one side of the board with probably half a dozen Urukai around them. Only half of them can have bows. So they're about 12 inches away from him. Lurts, if I recall correctly, is in right in the centre of the board. Yep. Dead, and then, dead centre. Dead centre, yes. Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli are well over the other side, so they have to go Ooh. right across the board. And then your remaining Urukai as the evil player, you get to put where you like. So you can either put them directly near Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli, or you can put them with Lurts maybe, or heading towards that. I think um, there's within a group, 18 inches. Yeah, there's a group surrounding Boromir, and there's a group within 12 Aragorn, Legolas, or Gimli. Okay, so you have to put them close to Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. You can either put them like right in combat with them, or have them 12 inches away and expect to run away for a bit. So that's your choice as the evil player. Okay, the objectives. Frodo is gone. The ring, for now, is safe. All that matters to the Fellowship is to try and get in there and save Boromir and defeat a few Yurikai while they're at it. The good player wins this scenario if at least two good heroes survive until the Yurikai are all slain. The evil player wins if the good player does not complete their objective. Yep. So you've got to kill, was it two of the heroes or three of the heroes? Two three have the to heroes. survive. There's... Yep. So three yep. have to survive. So if you kill two, the Yurikai wins. Is that right? Hang on. Double checking. At least two survive. So you've got to kill three survive. of them. So you've got to kill three. You've got to kill three. Okay, that's that's a tall order. Boromir almost always dies in this scenario. 
which comes with a special wound. Yep. Mortally wounded. Boromir is no longer for this world. His body pierced with many black feathered arrows, as per the model. He begins the game with only a single wound and three points of might. However, he counts as being within range of a banner, so that's something, I guess. He will still win combats like a champion, but the trick is to shoot into combat. So you get within yeah. six inches, your orc archers can kill him, and you've got Lurtz in the middle of the board. Lurtz just walks up, tries to get a clear shot. If he can't, he's moving his full speed, and he walks up. And with Lurtz's three points of might, just say you hit. So you hit on a four plus. We're going to use the old rule for shooting, so hit on a four plus even if you move. Suddenly you need to be rolling a six to kill Boromir. And that's all. So it becomes a three plus because you're going to use your might to kill him off as soon as you can. And it, it actually works really well because Lurtz usually does the kill. You, you come up and do the final blow with him. Boromir kills a few Urukai. You're trying to conserve those Urukai because you don't want to break your Urukai. Yeah, you need every Urukai you can get your hands on to deal with the three hunters because they are machines when it comes to killing Urukai. Yep. So the next easiest one to kill is probably Legolas. Legolas, because he's only defense four. Yeah. The trick is trying to um, take out either Aragorn or Gimli because three wounds, three fate on Aragorn, defense eight on Gimli. Very hard to deal with those two. They are. And look, while Aragorn's got might, you've got really no chance. Gimli, you can get to, but he's hard to wound as well. Mm. So you, you need to get the traps on either of them and you need to hope that that hopefully Lurtz has got a point of might or two left and you can actually go into the combat and help out. Mm. But... It's a tall order for evil, which I think is appropriate for the story as well, because it'll be a bit of a sad story for the Fellowship if the, the, the good heroes all die to the breaking of the Fellowship. Having Boromir die is, is enough for me. Mm-hmm. And with only 18 Urukai, you can't spend too many of them burning out resources. Yeah, you have to yeah. be quite conservative with the Urukai. You don't want to throw them away for wasteful stuff. So oftentimes they run away from the hunters at the start, kill Boromir as soon as possible, and then group together. Yeah. While the three hunters want to do the opposite of that and run full speed towards Boromir, getting as many kills as they can on the way through. And I find Legolas is the wild card here because some people like to keep him back and just shoot with him and just maybe auto hit and, and things like that. Whereas I prefer as the good play to get him in combat as well because it helps even out the combats quite a bit. And Legolas can hold his own in combat for a couple of turns. Yeah, generally I like to keep Legolas flanked by Aragorn and Gimli. So you kick um, Gimli on his left and Aragorn on his right. And the bow shot's handy. I think you take it when you get within charge range. So you've moved just within charge range. If you move three or you move six, it's not going to make a huge difference. So you might as well take a couple of extra shots before you go in. I don't think the auto hit's very useful in this one because most of the time, if you're going to take a shot, you're going to have a clear shot. Just take the three and see if you can get a kill. Yeah, I think so. Having whatever it is, a five plus to kill, so you're killing roughly once an Urukai once every three turns is not quick enough. So I think the Urukai player doesn't mind Legolas sitting back and just can take on Aragorn and Gimli and make them waste their might eventually. So this is a fantastic way to end the scenario. Once again, I recommend have heavy woodland boards, have lots of trees and things, make the board look really good, but enjoy these scenarios. Get hold of those old, old Amon Hen models if you can. I don't know how rare they are at the moment, but convert some of them if you have to. I think the actual breaking the fellowship box set might have been um, really rare, but the ambush at Amon Hen, I think, is still, you can still pick up that. Or the models from it anyway. You'll be able to find something that's suitable. Yeah. Yeah. And I, look, I really recommend it. This is going to get a thumbs up from me, this whole campaign, because it's one that I find I do like to show it to new players because it's such a key point in the movie. It is the climax of the Fellowship of the Ring. It's, 
it's the big scene. It's the big sort of emotional one, although losing Gandalf arguably is pretty pretty strong. But this fight at the end and having having them split up and suddenly you feel really hopeless with Frodo and Sam. is awful, it feels. Yeah, so look, I, so I love this. Stuff the violins in the background. And, like, yeah. and if you go to the effort to make your board look like those fantastic forests and, and really dense forests and the uruk fantastic models, it just looks the part. And to me, it is Lord of the Rings. These four heroes fighting against a horde of uruk just makes it for me. So I'm going to give it two thumbs up. What do you think? Yeah, I'll give it two thumbs up. I've played the, these pretty, a few, quite a few times, and I've enjoyed it every time i played it, so... A solid thumbs up. It's Some of them tried to sort of put all the action on one scenario, and it kind of got in its own way, but this, it spread it out. It's given each moment its own, well, yeah, piece of the action. Yeah, I really do like the split up part. I've, I've played the one where you've got them all at once, and I, I like this one because it really focuses on the action on where you have to be. It's a real zoom-in moment. And it, it's, I think it's great for beginners and experienced players. I think if you haven't played the scenarios, see if you can get a copy of them and have a go at them. I think you'll enjoy them. Thank you for listening to that scenario spotlight. Thank you, David. Thank you, Kylie. We will see you next time. And just a reminder before I go, with scenarios, if you have not entered our AMU competition yet, 20th of September, it's coming up very, very soon. Scenario with AMU, a chance to win a limited edition AMIA Knight of the Palinor Fields on foot that I'm putting together. And just enter that. We're really looking forward to that. I know I'm excited about these scenarios. We've had a few entries already, and some of the entries have really blown us away. Yeah, there's, there's some good entries, but that doesn't mean don't enter. Like enter, 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 enter. You can only win if you enter, and it's fun entering. Hopefully you get something out of it, even if you are a loser. I've got to get typing. Hmm. Get to work, David. <laughs> Host of the Green Dragon cannot win the prize. Actually, I might make a special host prize. Yep, I gotta get typing then. Let's do that. Let's have a host competition as well. Best host host scenario as well, and I'll make a prize for the hosts. Good, because you don't breaking want all an- laws yeah. about competitions in the world. Yeah. You don't want any of your hosts to resign to get you know the immortal model. So I'm looking at you, Matt. Okay. See, where he's gone. He's gone to write a scenario. Remember, for Uruk-hai, the traps will win you this scenario. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.